On today's episode, we recap NFL Sunday Week 6 and Monday Night Football. This and much, much more, it's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott, and welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, we assess our picks after NFL Week 6, and we do a little Thursday night football preview. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Gentlemen, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Sideline the Agenda. We uh, what uh, took Monday off, Monday show. Uh, had to handle some biz, but we back. And we here. Back at it. We're back, back at like it. the NBA. <laughs> oh, the NBA. Except... You care about us being back. You don't care about the NBA. I though. was going to say, uh, uh, <laughs> what do you think about uh, the NBA's back? What do you think about that, Chris? Uh, it doesn't cares. matter what you think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely a big dying brand. It's it's really funny because uh, I'm conscious now of, of NBA returning because on the Twitter feed, it's just like, you know, the bitch, cat, bitch boy catwalk again. Ad nauseum. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, look who's wearing. Oh, LeBron got the all white suit on. Oh, <laughs> look, it's it's Draymond Green, and he's wearing he's wearing green. He's all uh, Yeah, this it's really so truly dumb. is the Hunger Games now. We're we're in the capital, and everything's just <laughs> everything's just crazy. Totally. <laughs> it's like these are grown ass men. Oh man, you're being trained too. You're being mind manipulated as a fan of the NBA. They're turning you into a bitch and you don't even know it you're like oh no it's drip <laughs> no they're they're <laughs> never mind it's just anyway so yes the nba is back uh yankees the other day uh got their made their way to uh to take on houston um, big rematch you got the padres and the phillies going at it so it's it's a lot of sports going on right now um but of course uh we tend to focus on the the greatest sport of all and that's football. Yeah, football. Uh, I do have to say, though, that uh, we saw one of the biggest collapses ever in the MLB playoffs with the Dodgers once yeah. again going down. <laughs> that did happen this As, weekend. Uh, one, of my, one of my friends would always say, you got the October Dodger blue balls. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. All, all revved up and ready to go. And yeah, just no as, action. As, Dodger fans. I mean, it's very frustrating. And they had their general manager, uh, Friedman, come out and basically say that, you know, they, they're going to keep continuing doing what they're doing pretty much. Dave Roberts is 100% sure oh he's going to come back. Yeah, what a genius. Dave I mean, Roberts. Maybe this Friedman is the guy that needs to go. Dave Roberts, Roberts will leave you geez. blue in more ways than one. <laughs> it's, it's his specialty. He'll change pitchers on you mid bat. Oh, well, because the yeah, statistics, man. It's all about yeah. the statistics. <laughs> I'm going with left-handed left pitcher now because of, <laughs> of the numbers say so. <laughs> so now they joined the infamous Mariners that had 115 wins, and the Dodgers had 111 this year, and uh, out first round. It's uh, pretty pretty embarrassing. But I mean, we've seen that this playoffs. We saw the, the Braves go down, Dodgers go down, Mets go down. It's the American League that the, the two better teams are actually still in it. Man, I got to so, tell you, man, this is some why... Some people I, say it's good for baseball. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know I don't about that. I think so. When you see all your best teams getting eliminated, I don't I, think I, that's I, Yeah, great. I don't think there's a lot of people that are stoked off of a potential San Diego Padres and Houston Astros World Series. Right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the Yankees are the, the last big brand um, to that that's still... I mean, of course, you can make an argument for the Phillies and you can make an argument for Houston, I suppose, but really when it comes down to it... The most butts and seats and eyes uh, on the prize and eyes on the, uh, the the broadcast probably would have been, uh, I guess, the Dodgers and uh, the Yankees. Oh man, that would yeah, for sure would have been the dream matchup. But 
Maybe next year. Yeah, that's that's Dodgers (laughs) too. Dave Roberts, uh, his tagline: Maybe next year. (laughs) He guaranteed a World Series this year. Yeah, how's that feel, Mister Joke Mouth? That's true. He straight up guaranteed it too. You can take it to the bank, (laughs) providing that bank is bankrupt and doesn't exist. (laughs) It's just pretty incredible. Like as as management of that organization where you see your team that you spent all this money on you got all the best players and you know they come and they go and you you keep losing like the exact same way but you you don't think it has anything to do with the coach i just think to me again it's like the whole joe biden thing it's like dave roberts is a useful idiot i think Uh, this is just my take you know all respect to him and and his you know what he's done as a player and i think that there's a bit of money ball happening up in the front office there's some guys who are just you know they they have their handle on it they they have they think they they know they have the decisions they have the idea of how the game should be uh navigated and they communicate that down to Roberts, and um, so he instills that. Uh, he, he, he puts that plan into action, so to speak. You know, it's like my comparison with Joe Biden. It's like, I don't think he's actually making any decisions. I don't think any sane person can look at that man, you know, foddling around, like, where do I go now? You know, like, <laughs> the guy's obviously, you know, mentally uh, impaired. You know, he's not, ma- he's not running the country. Somebody else is, and those are the people that don't want to let go of that power. They don't want to bring somebody else in because that person might go, well, now, hold on. I want to run it my yeah. way. I'm no, the no, manager. no, no, no. You yeah. don't run it your way. You run it our way. Uh-uh, that yeah. doesn't work for me. See, they don't want to risk that. And so they're going to hold yeah. on to what they've got. And that's what I think is happening with Biden. <laughs> and that's what I think is happening with Dave Roberts. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a far reach, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> well, the Dodgers live and die by the long ball. That's their problem. They can't they can't get the runners across when they need to. They always strike out when you got runners on base yeah. or they're popping up. They it's got a, they the had a damn thing. runner on third base. By the long ball. They had a runner on third base and they had the 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 shift was in action. All they had to do was 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 bunt the ball down the third base line to tie up that one game at home against the Padres and 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 you had what's his name um oh god uh, hit hit into the one out hits into the double play and and just completely <laughs> puts an end to that that inning but it's just like just a little bit of small ball a little bit oh no no statistically speaking man you know yeah. look at the charts and graphs here this this is the right this, this is a red hot section here and uh, this is kind of the more ice cold area so this is what we're doing. We're playing the numbers, baby. We're playing the numbers. And you know what? The baseball is bigger than the numbers, especially when it comes right. to October. Has yeah, everything to do with Dodgers. momentum. So, mm-hmm. I mean, getting to the playoffs last, you know, nine times out of the last 10 years is pretty impressive in itself. But it, I think it's expected now as Dodger fans. It's just, you know, you get to the World Series, what, one time? Or, or you win a World Series, sorry. You win a World Series one time out of the nine times that you make it to the playoffs. Yeah, and you're like top seeded. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's abbreviated just, it's, season it's hard doesn't support count. And get behind. It's like, of course, Kershaw does well in an abbreviated season because he traditionally falls apart, you know, after eighty games, um, and then especially in the postseason, <laughs> and he did that again this year. Uh, I get what you're saying, Kevin. Yeah, it's the it's same all script about, over and over. Though it's all about that ROI, that return on investment, and when you're spending that kind of money, you better at minimum make the playoffs. But then, like you said, it's it's the blue balls, right? Like your friend said, yep. you, you go with the best, the best record <laughs> the in Major balls. League Baseball, uh, uh, all primed and ready to go, and uh, no show. Uh, and you know what? I gotta say, part of me, I, I, I'm not gonna say that I, I saw this coming, but I, I had something in my gut because, again, I don't really like when when teams clinch really early. Uh, to me, I find that sometimes that can be a negative more than a positive. But uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's that. Let's yeah. move on to uh, uh, football. We got a lot of games that happened on week six here. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of a lot of positivity. Uh, speaking of baseball and the Yankees, a lot of positivity coming out of New York. Um, and New York. Uh, y- you know, we we've got. Who would have thought? I would say that we powerhouse. are looking at exactly <laughs> an <laughs> NFC East powerhouse of all, right? An NFC yeah. East in general, but uh, NFC East powerhouse in the New York Giants, the G-Men sitting at five and one as they were able to beat the Baltimore Ravens from uh, 10 down 
Uh, they capitalized uh, off of two late turnovers uh, late in the fourth, I believe. They beat the Ravens 24-20. Uh, my goodness, are we are we hyped about the G-Men? Do we think that they're real? Are we uh, um, Is our confidence shaken within uh, Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore Ravens squad? I think the Giants are proving that their their defense is actually something to be reckoned with. You know, they're they're a solid team. They seem to be coached pretty well. And uh, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, he had an incredibly hot start, but he's kind of come back to earth a little bit. So I, I, I still think the Ravens are the better team. But, uh, I mean, I said going into this, you know, if the Giants win, and then I'm, you know, I know we'll get to the Jets, but, you know, they're going to start making some believers out of some people. So... Uh, the home field advantage, I think, really paid off for the Giants. And uh, they seem to play much better at home with that defense, and, and they can rally behind that. So, impressive win. Very impressive win. There's so much hype behind the Giants. I'm not buying it. Guys, they got a great <laughs> defense, amazing defense. In fact, I want to say that defensive coach is pretty impressive, actually, from what he's done over there with the Giants. They are scary. Their defensive fo- uh, front is it's they're they're pretty dominant and they got a lot of pressure with just rushing you know four guys at a time it's it's pretty impressive but i'm not buying it guys quarterbacks win championships this quarterback's not going to win one and especially in the playoffs against another good quarterback he's going to get exposed he's not he's not throwing the ball he's not airing it out over 200 yards guys which is honestly within this league a passing league is very mediocre so i'm not i'm not getting what i need out of these guys to actually start riding the bandwagon i'm happy for him I'm definitely happy for him, you know, since Eli Manny, where they're actually, you know, making some moves out there. And um, so it's, it's, it's good to see. But if they're seemingly to be one dimensional, if you could stop uh, uh, Barkley, you know, the running back, if you could stop him and force Jones to beat you in the air, eh, you, you're going to have a good chance to, to beat this right. team. Yeah. Yo, moving on to the AFC South, you know, my on-again, off-again relationship that I have with these teams. Originally (laughs) picked the Indianapolis Colts, completely took myself off that bandwagon and said, you know what, I'm thinking it's more about uh, the Tennessee Titans. Took myself off of that one, jumped in with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now, you know what, I think I'm back on the Indy train. (laughs) But anyways, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, they hosted the Jacksonville Jaguars in this uh, divisional rivalry. Uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they lost to the Colts 34-27. Speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of the arm, Matty Ice looking so nice. Uh, they had 389 uh, passing yards, um, 434 total yards as the Indy squad is concerned, but only 45 rushing yards, obviously an issue when it comes to the running game. But um, Jacksonville, man, what is going on with them? What is going on with Trevor Lawrence? Uh, I, I don't know. They, they're, they're a bit of a head scratcher to me. Yeah, pretty weird. Trevor Lawrence, if, you, if you're going to just, this is part of his stats, 20 completions out of 22 attempts. You think, oh man, this guy's gonna have a great game. He's gonna have a ton of yards, 165 yards on 20 completions. He's just dinking and dunking, and just maybe he just doesn't have time. Their the routes are not long enough, or they don't trust him to throw it deep. So that's not good. The completions are great, but you got to get those yards up. I mean, he had no no turnovers, which is good, which is probably why they're able to stay in this game. But yeah, Matt Ryan, 389 yards, three touchdowns. Threw it a lot, 58 attempts. So, yeah, they basically abandoned the run, but maybe what, what they saw defensively from the Jags, they didn't really need to run it. And if you're throwing it like that, you're, you're going to win some games. So, yeah, maybe the Colts are starting to get a little bit in a groove um, after they kind of their offense was really bad against the Broncos. But I think the Broncos, they're showing their defense is really good. So, yeah, we were kind of seeing what Jaguars team was going to show up. But not good enough to beat the Colts. So the Colts, yeah, they're they're coming back and looking like they're going to be the the contender with the Titans or who's going to take that division. Boom! You guys nailed it, Chris. I totally agree with you. Jack Jaguars uh secondary and uh in the defense. Dude, the guys suck. They suck. They're they're <laughs> they can't guard anybody out there. Pittman's running all over them. Um, you know, Matty Ice had a had a field day with them. I'm just not buying the Colts. I don't think they're, you know, anything special. Um, and you know, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to see them in the playoffs. I don't, I'm not, mm. but good win for the Colts. Happy for you. 
Well, how about this game for a homecoming for Bill Belichick uh, taking on his former uh, squad that he was a head coach of in the Cleveland Browns. The New York New England Patriots uh, went into Cleveland and put on some of a bit of a clinic uh, and beat them 38-15. to 15. You have Bailey uh, Zappi, Zappi. Zippy, zippity 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 He's the third string quarterback, right? And he's a three through three hundred and nine yards and two touchdowns. Um, to me, put total coaching clinic, total like you know, watch me moment for Bill Belichick. Um, but I was also surprised that uh, seemingly. Um, you know the uh, the the running game for 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 the Cleveland Browns was uh, was was not no not I mean respectfully nowhere to be found. Uh, Nick Chubb at fifty six yards, uh, Hunt at twelve. Um, Patriots seem to have a great defense. Uh, obviously, Cleveland Browns are struggling. Uh, need a that Deshaun Watson soon, but apparently there's more allegations. You know, somebody out of Texas <laughs> again saying, you know, uh, he he had he had me tickle his taint and uh, do a bunch of other nasty things uh, during a massage. So who knows if he's ever going to return? So um, yeah, what do you think? Are are you are you buying now the three and three uh, New England Patriots? Are they finding are they finding their uh, their uh, you know their juice their uh, their swagger are they uh, uh, actually a big big threat or uh, or are they just uh, just kind of maybe this is a a statement uh, a game for Belichick and um, you know that's pretty much all it is. Yeah, this is a, a coaching clinic. So Belichick's strength is if one team does one thing real well, he can basically scheme to take it away. So you got to be able to do multiple things well. So at the Lions, they don't really run the ball well. He's just going to make off, sit back, and throw, and he can't beat you that way. So they shut him out. And then this one, they know the Browns run real well, so they're just going to shut down the run and make Brissett throw back, you know, sit back and beat you. And he had two picks, and he's not going to be able to do that. He's got to be able to have a, a big running game. So, yeah, coaching clinic, um, you know, impressive numbers for the, the third-string quarterback. But against good teams, I, I don't see the Patriots being able to, to do this. So we'll see what happens then. But very impressive that shows you that coaching really does make a huge difference in the NFL. Huge game out of that guy. No one expected that. 309 yards? Get out of here. Brissett, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, you nailed it on the head. I mean, I don't really have to you know, say anymore. I mean, he's, he threw the ball 45 times. I mean, that's that's a lot. And, you know, coming from somebody who's not really a quarterback that's going to carry his team, at least hasn't proved that thus far, uh, that's, that's probably too much. So, um, good win for the Patriots. All right. Well, let's head to New Orleans and uh, the Saints as they hosted the Cincinnati Bengals and former LSU players uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow as the Cincinnati Bengals uh, beat the New Orleans Saints 30-26. to um, this was uh, actually a, a big win, I believe, for Cincinnati. Uh, even though you know Saints are arguably have some issues uh, personnel-wise, um, some some injuries and and whatnot. Uh, but uh, not that this was a must-win per se, but it f- kind of felt like it was. You know, regarding uh, at least uh, where we expected the Bengals to be at this point of the season. Yeah, this was one of the few games where I think I nailed it. I said <laughs> this big upset weekend with a lot of these games but I thought that this was going to be a close game that New Orleans was probably going to have a lead and and the Bengals were going to come down and take it at the end and it pretty much went that way so I think the Bengals they're they're kind of you know getting going where they want to be I think they gave up a little more points than they would have liked uh, but on the road in New Orleans tough to tough place to play so that, that's a solid win and, and you just take that one and move on and, and hope to keep on going on a streak so Bengals looking pretty good. Uh, it, I think it's still going to come down to the Ravens and the Bengals. It's it's a, it's a close division. Yeah, it was Both. a good win for the Bengals. You got to be happy before them. Burrow had a great game, but it seems like this is just the way they win, right? Just seems like they just win by a last minute field goal or like three four points, and you know they run away with the with the victory last minute because it looks like they, I mean they were losing all the way up right. to the fourth quarter. You know they're banking on a big fourth quarter, but. How many times, have we, even going into last year, guys, how many times have we seen this from the Bengals? Last-minute comeback, it's like it's almost like, you know, they're they're trying to you know, they get trying to call on the lucky card too many times, and you know, 
we don't I don't know how capable they are as far as being one of the top tier teams, you know, if they're just going to keep squeaking by these victories. But yeah, going in New Orleans, that's a big win for them. Yeah, who do they think they are? The LA Rams or uh, <laughs> any LA team really the, when the it Chargers. comes to Chargers? Yeah, exactly. Last yeah, but minute. both both uh, LSU guys have their big homecoming. You know, Jamar yeah. Chase, 132 yards, two touchdowns. Burrow, 300 yards, three touchdowns. You knew they were just gonna they were gonna come and and put on a show. Yeah, he's sporting his old uh, LSU uh, uniform yes. before championship the game. jersey. Yeah, <laughs> on the catwalk that is. <laughs> strutting. He's strutting. He, he check out that drip. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to Pittsburgh as the Steelers hosted uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And surprise, surprise, Woo. Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost this one 18 to 20. Pittsburgh Steelers coming out on top. Uh, Kenny Pickett throwing, uh, uh, was it his? No, um, he, he was throwing a couple of. Uh, <laughs> couple of touchdowns oh my god i lost my page on the uh um he, he threw one for one touchdown uh, uh 67 yards and then uh mitch trubitsky had to step in uh and threw for 144 yards with one touchdown as well one clutch touchdown to really uh helps uh steal the game um tom brady's catching a lot of flack with this loss uh apparently they were saying you know he he uh, went to somebody's uh, wedding beforehand. Robert, Kraft, yeah, Robert yeah. Kraft's wedding beforehand, and he flew in separate from the team. His head's not in the game. His head's not in football. His, hey, you know, the uh, this is the fall of Rome. What do you guys think? Uh, the the Buccaneers' offense, for whatever reason, it's just been kind of a struggle. Uh, it's been a slow grind, and Brady's just been getting field goal, field goal, field. Goal. He'd had one touchdown, but everything else just field goals, and we've been seeing a lot of field goals all season long. So. They, they got to find a way to get it into the end zone because defensively they, they play well enough to have won this game. This is a game they probably should have won, but the struggling in Tampa, you know, if they keep struggling like this, then we're going to start seeing some drama there, which I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that. Uh, but it just seems like it, it's something that they'll probably figure out because you just think that eventually they're going to be able to start putting it in the end zone uh, more often. So great win for Pittsburgh. Um, but the Tampa on the road, they, they just couldn't get it in the end zone when they really needed to. Too many field goals. So I, I think they'll probably fix it. They, they've got too many good players. Um, but, yeah, you know, maybe uh, Brady was still a little hungover from the wedding or something. Who knows? He's drinking his sorrows away because he didn't have Giselle with him. I was going to say, who was his uh, RSVP? <laughs> Maybe Robert he, Kraft got him one of those uh, oh, hookers. masseuses or hookers. Yeah. <laughs> From Miami. He take, loves to go to Miami. Take Mi care of all TB for me, will ya? He loves to go to Miami for the hookers, right? <laughs> Guys, you got to give credit to Mr. Trubisky, the B, the big FU to Tomlin. Like, put me in the game. I'm the star of this team. Put it on my back. And he come out with the victory. I mean, yeah. that's pretty commendable. That was I mean, good. Even sitting behind a rookie that had to that had to have been getting to him, and so him to come out get a victory must feel very good for him. Um, yeah, Tom Brady, he must be pissed about the last uh, last week's fine about kicking. You know that uh, the guy that sacked him that you know yeah. <laughs> getting a fine for like was it ten ten thousand dollars? He's probably still pouting about that. But guys, I had to I had to say. I really love when Tom Brady gets really pissed and, and, and angry about his <laughs> offensive line. They can't apparently block because he's playing a game, then getting sacked and hit, actually hitting the turf. Oh man, it's such a great it's a it's a great viewing. I, I really enjoy it. But is this a downfall realm? I don't know. Tom Brady, you still have a good offense. There's really no excuse why you're losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers at this moment. So well, he, he's good. just like comes across as a petulant child, you know, and, and he's yeah. breaking tablets on the sideline. He's yelling at his offensive line. He's, he's taking out on everybody, but you can tell that he's a, uh, he, he, he's a man uh, that, that uh, his world is, is definitely not normal. i um, not going to say falling apart because how can your world completely fall apart? You're Tom Brady, right? But yeah. uh, uh, it's not turning out how old Tom thought it would, is it? Yeah. Old father Tom. <laughs> Time might be starting to you know tap on him a little bit, but he still thinks he's a forty-two-year-old Brady and not forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sitting at three and three, but we're going to stick with the NFC South as the Atlanta Falcons hosted the San Francisco 49ers for the first time in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, and uh, guess what? 
surprise, surprise, uh, the San Francisco 49ers lost to uh, Mar- uh, no, I was going to say uh, Marcus Mariota. Yes, that's right. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons 28 to 14. This was actually this this was a surprise to me. I, I did not expect this to be the outcome whatsoever. It yeah, was huge red helmets. Upset. Yeah, seriously, Atlanta, you need to just stick with those red helmets for sure. This was awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to see this. I was not expecting this at all. Uh, Frisco got shut out in the second half. Garoppolo had one of his his typical turnover games. Uh, two picks. Did have two touchdowns, almost 300 yards. But, um, yeah, Atlanta, you know, they're, they're better than people thought. Uh, they've been in a lot of close games, lost a few of them, but they pulled this one out. But if you're able to win games defensively like this, you know, Mariota threw for 129 yards, only had 14 attempts. They weren't exactly lighting up the scoreboard. But uh, if def- defensively you can get turnovers, you know, you can beat some good teams. Like I said, they shut them out the whole second half. So good win for the Falcons. We'll see if they can keep it going. They should definitely stick with them red helmets. Yeah, guys, this is a real nice surprise. Um, this was a great game. I didn't expect the Falcons to come out the way they did, but I'm happy for them. And, you know, anybody that puts you know Frisco in their place, uh, I'm rooting for. So good win for the Falcons. And speaking of just upsets, 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 let's go to Green Bay as the Packers hosted the New York Jets. And uh, the Jets won. They beat the Packers 27-10. They are now four and two on the season, and the Green Bay Packers fall to three and three. Discount double check Rodgers. He threw for 246 yards and a touchdown. Um, and a direct uh, uh, contrast with Zach Wilson for threw 110 yards. Um, but of course, clearly the the, the the player of the game was Brees Hall um, with 116 yards rushing and one touchdown. Um, I'm surprised. Are you guys surprised with the Jets? Are the Jets legit? Uh, it's starting to seem definitely seem that way. Yeah, they're they're a lot tougher, and their defense is is pretty good. I mean, old their coach, Mister Clean, over there. Uh, he's a he's a decent, especially defensively. He's a he's a good coach there. Their offense does need a little more work, but if you can run the ball and play defense, you know, you're going to be in a, a lot of games and able to win a lot of games. I don't think anyone expected the Packers to only score 10 points. Uh, so, yeah, the Jets, they, they've been surprising some teams. I think they've been a sleeper a few times, and they've had some big second-half comebacks. They scored uh, 24 points in the second half of this game. So, yeah, the, the Jets, you know, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. But, like, to Kevin's point earlier, if, if you're not going to have the quarterback out there – you know, putting up uh, big yards, you're you're not really going to beat really good teams. So I think it's kind of a, a two-headed monster here. The Jets are better than people thought. The Packers are definitely not as good as they've been in, in the years past. I like that, Chris, Mr. Clean. <laughs> it took me a second for me to figure out what you meant. Oh, that was good. Dude, the Jets, what the heck, guys? I mean, he's a defensive coach, right, guys? Like, he's a, he was the defensive guy for the San Francisco goes over the Jets, becomes a head coach. So he's a defensive guy, and actually it showed. You know, Jets, their defense looked pretty good. You guys, they were pressuring Aaron Rodgers like I've never seen before. Um, all the highlights, Aaron Rodgers getting up off the off the ground. Looked like Aaron Rodgers had two fumbles, obviously lost one. Um, just very sloppy game for Green Bay. I don't know if this is a this is a you know a panic mode or com- them coming to realization that you know they can't play the same old ball that they played last year. They do not have Adams anymore, and that was their go-to. That they literally that duo pretty much carry them throughout through what 13 victories in the playoffs also so you know they're not going to have that this year so they're going to have to adapt they're going to have to change their offensive game or their scheme and it just looks like they're collapsing it doesn't look like they have it anymore and you know tats off the jets their defense is great but their offense is not very impressive and i'm I, i'm not i'm not picking them to go yeah to i i just gotta i just got this is so bad speaking of the packers and you know what you were just talking about, Kevin, the, all the possessions of this game in the first uh, quarter, we go Packers punt, Jets punt, Packers punt, Jets punt, Packers punt, Jets punt. <laughs> Drop the beat. <laughs> <laughs> Packers punt, 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 miss punt, punt. field goal. 
Okay, second quarter. Jets punt. Packers punt. Jets punt. Green Bay fumble. Jets field goal. And then Green Bay turnover on downs. Jets yeah. miss field goal. And then Green Bay field goal. Just, oh my gosh, what an offensive juggernaut. Yeah, Robert Slay's really, yeah. <laughs> really turned that to squad around from an offensive standpoint. Oh, man. <laughs> Turn all their viewers green. To- <laughs> yeah, but you know, the New York Jets, they're on a uh, three-game winning streak while the uh, – Green Bay Packers are on a two-game winning streak, and uh, excuse yeah. me, losing streak. Uh, and uh, uh, let's uh, jump to a team that's on a four-game winning streak, and that, of course, is the Minnesota Vikings, who traveled to Miami to take on the Dolphins. They won that game, twenty-four to sixteen. Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins sitting five and one on the season. I just still, every time I say that, it doesn't sound right. Um, and, of course, the Miami Dolphins are now 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 175 yards, but two touchdowns. Um, Teddy Bridgewater actually ended up having to play this uh, game because Skylar Thompson went out uh, early um, because of injury. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he, he threw for 329 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Um, and I'm assuming a lot of that was in garbage time. Uh, man, Minnesota Vikings, uh, they're, they're seeming more and more legit, top of the NFC North, um, no doubt about that. Uh, what, what are you guys thinking about the, the Minnesota Vikings? I think that they're pretty much uh, benefiting off of their schedule. I mean, they're just a, a, a okay team, but they've beaten a lot of, teams that aren't even okay so you know they beat the lions they lost to the eagles they got demolished by the eagles uh they beat the packers they beat the saints and they beat the bears and the dolphins with you know backup quarterback so i'm not buying any kind of hype on the vikings you know they're good enough to beat these type of teams which, which they really should have um but i think they're really just kind of benefiting off their schedule so i don't think that they're anything to be concerned with with the really upper echelon teams um but you know they're doing what they should be doing five and one beating teams that are are beat up or aren't as good so credit to them for doing that and not losing or dropping the ball against subpar teams but yeah i'm i'm not on any kind of vikings bandwagon at least not yet Guys, what the heck is Miami Dolphins head coach thinking? If I was a Dolphins fan, I'd be so pissed. What is he thinking? First and foremost, why would you? Why would you? Why would you start? Uh, what's his name? Skyler, Skyler Thompson. I mean, who is this guy? Where does he come from? You have Teddy Bridgewater in your in your pocket, and you're not starting him, putting him out there. I mean, th- there was a, a day and night difference between both these quarterbacks. No pun intended. And the gentleman, I mean, Bridgewater threw 329 yards. You know, I understand um, Thompson, you know, he hurt his thumb or whatever and they had to pull him out of the game. And so that was the reason. But it seems like as soon as he left the game, the Dolphins maybe had a chance to kind of come back, crawl back in this game. Maybe at this point it kind of was already lost. Uh, you know, to your point, Scott, the Vikings, uh, they're, it's an impressive record. I don't think they're an impressive team. It's nice to see they have Justin Jefferson back. You know, he did some damage out there. Dalvin Cook had a pretty good game, 53-yarder. I think he ran. So, I mean, but other than that, very, very, what, one, two-dimensional team. I don't see them doing too much, and I'm just kind of curious of, you know, how long this winning streak is going to last for them. I just think that they're just probably so gun-shy under the uh, in the wake of the Tua Tagovailoa injury and concussion that all eyes are on, on Miami when it comes to uh, potential injured players because Teddy Bridgewater, he, was, he, he got uh, hurt. He got potential cushion, concussion or was pulled out because of that uh, against the Jets, I believe, the, the week prior. If I, if I remember that correctly, I, I, I don't know. But that could have been the reason why um, he, he, he went to – he gave Skyler Thompson the nod. Um, <laughs> but uh, I agree that that was uh, uh, some, somewhat confusing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it just seems like the Miami Dolphins are just kind of like uh, just trying to kill time before they can get, you know, Tua back or, or their right. you know, quarterbacks. Because they still have a legit receiving core. I mean, they have the two top five, uh, oh, top five yeah. receivers in, in the league. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill leading the league with seven and seven hundred and one yards receiving, and you have uh, Jalen Waddle, five hundred and thirty-three yards at at the five spot. Um, so, all the reason to still keep the hope in Miami, um, and and all the 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 reason to to steadily wait the return of uh, Tua Tagovailoa to the quarterback slot, and uh, then we'll see. 
we'll see what uh, what uh, the Miami Dolphins are actually capable of. All right, well, we're going to move on to uh, the L.A. Rams and the uh, Carolina Panthers game. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcast. You can go ahead and give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show, would you? And you can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda, get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Let's uh, head to uh, LA SoFi Stadium as the LA Rams hosted the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are without their head coach, Matt Rule, they they let him go. Uh, they now have their interim coach. Uh, they're sitting pretty nasty right now. Um, now, well, they're one in five because they lost. They lost to the Rams, twenty four ten. This was uh, felt like a must win game for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, it was sloppy. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done, and they and they got it done, uh, you know, handsomely in the the, the second half of the game. Um, what do you think? Is this a big uh, turnaround win for the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, they're going into a bye week. I know that they need that bye week. Um, what, what do you think? Is this uh, is this a positive? Uh, 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 is this a sign of of what's what's to come for the, for the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, I I, would, I think so. I think they're able to to get their offense rolling just a little bit. I mean, they had another loss with their offensive lineman Joe Noteboom out for the season, ruptured Achilles, their left tackle, their uh, their replacement for Whitworth. So that wasn't good. That first half offensively didn't look very good. Safford threw a pick six. They were down 10-7 at one point. Uh, but after that, they seemed to kind of get, get going. Even with a bunch of backups at the offensive line, they were able to start running the ball a little bit. Um, you know, nothing, nothing huge, but kind of just enough. And they were able to incorporate several different runners. They weren't just going back, giving it to one guy, you know, Henderson got a bunch of carries cup, had a couple Skronik had that big touchdown, uh, run 17 yards. Malcolm Brown had some carries. Brandon Powell had some carries, uh, Tutu Atwell even had a carry. So, um, they're, they're kind of, they're spreading it out because they pretty much have to. So that, that's that's good that they're able to make some adjustments. Uh, we had a uh, Allen Robinson sighting. He had he had some that's five right. catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. So if they're able to get just someone else other than than Cup uh, to to come along, especially adding in some runs here and there, you know that they're they're going to be the the Rams that we're used to seeing. Uh, so yeah, bye comes at a great time. Hopefully they can get more healthy, get some guys back, maybe even make a move or two. I know they're they're looking to move Cam Akers, so maybe they can replace him with maybe another defensive end, maybe uh, offensive lineman. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, and you know, you you never know what what moves they're going to make going forward because uh, they are an aggressive team to try and fill any kind of holes. But you got to definitely feel better with. Uh, uh, the run game looked a little better, and then uh, Cup, of course, is always going to be good. But Allen Robinson have, having a showing that that's that's good. So coming back after the bye, they should have better offensive line. A couple healthy guys coming back. Their center will be back, and then uh, Van Jefferson should be back as well. So uh, definitely excited for the not quite second half, but you know the the remaining schedule coming up, the majority yeah. of the season coming up. Yeah, big win for the Rams. A uh, huge win going into the bye week. You needed this one. Couldn't drop this one. I kind of agree with you too, Scott. This one felt like it bared some weight. You know, if they dropped this one right before the the bye, oh man, I just think that there there'd be no confidence or very lack you know lack thereof. Um, so this was a huge win, um, even though it was obviously against the, the Panther. But you know, games like this can increase the confidence, can kind of get the get the team rolling. And so it says, it was like, this is what we do offensively. This is how we look defensively. I think the defense, aside from the first half, I would um, I would say that I think the defense looked great. I think we actually saw pressure. I think the you know the defensive uh, you know the secondary started to look good. Ramsey had some good big hits in there. Um, so this was something that this team can definitely build on. And uh, I would say I didn't we didn't see Higby in the game as much, and I don't again I'm I'm not complaining, you know, because they got the the job done. Um, but you kind of scratch your head and think, well, what do you think McFay's thinking right now? Do you think he's kind of rearranging, maybe changing up um, some offensive schemes, which is could be exciting? But I, I do think that we you got to keep Higby in there um, and, and definitely utilize him more than just you know one reception. But other than that, man, it was a great game. 
And uh, did you see uh, wide receiver uh, Robbie Anderson uh, get in it uh, side <laughs> sideline altercation style with the, uh, the the coaching staff, the Carolina Panthers? Um, apparently, they're uh, done with him, and uh, they've shipped him uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, who made a trade oh. for him. Um, and that should actually be a big help for uh, Phoenix. And uh, speaking of Phoenix, we can just go ahead and cover that game. They traveled to Seattle, uh, took on the Seahawks, and they lost 19-9. to uh, Kyler Murray uh, continues to struggle, three for 222 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. And, you know, it's really hard to get things done when you find yourself sacked six times. Um, do, do Gino, the quarterback of uh, the Seattle Seahawks, why that's Gino <laughs> Smith. Uh, he threw for 197 yards, um, and he was sacked five times. So it uh, seems like a bit of sloppy play. Um, Robbie Anderson would be a valued addition to that receiver core for the Phoenix Cardinals. But uh, when you look at the NFC West, everybody's sitting 3-3 three and three minus said Cardinals, uh, who are now 2-4. and four. Yeah, this was uh, this the thing you kind of chalk this one up to home field. Uh, Seattle plays, especially defensively, much better. You're not home. buying the Seattle thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, Chris, do Gino, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, his name's Gino. Yeah, Smith. he he wasn't the same guy that we That's saw true. the last two weeks. Where he's you know throwing up all kinds of yards and points and. You know, they, they only got 19 points this game. But, yeah, that's all they needed because they were able to contain Murray. You know, he's he doesn't have a whole lot of weapons at his disposal at the moment. So if you can just keep him in the pocket, you'll get pressure on him, and you can hold him to nine points. You know, it's the same thing the Rams did. So um, they, they pretty much took that playbook and, and applied it well. And then the Seahawks, they just ran the ball, ran the ball, and ran the ball some more. They ran it about 30 times or so. Um you know, Smith, to his credit, no no turnovers. And uh, in a game like that, that's what you got to do. So, you know, they, they won at home, which which is good. But the, these are definitely the two bottom teams of this division, even though Seattle's sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Um, But, yeah, I'm not not in on any kind of hype train for uh, old Gino there. <laughs> got to love the kicker's duel, huh, guys? We went back and forth, back and forth. Kick, <laughs> kick, and I'm talking about punts included. Field goals and punts. Field goals and punts. Guys, uh, nothing to be too excited about. We got we saw two mediocre teams kind of go at it. Actually, this was a very close game. This game could have went either way. Um, it's pretty tight throughout, except for I think it went down to late third quarter, maybe beginning of fourth quarter, I can't remember. But uh, the, the, obviously the fumble return for a touchdown that Seattle had, that was pretty much the deal breaker. Um, Seattle did end up scoring a touchdown as well, but that play in particular pretty much changed the course of the game for Seattle, and uh, the Cardinals weren't coming back. So good win. Don't see them going much further. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, let's just move on to uh, the, the the real, arguably the, the the game of the the weekend. Uh, and this was just for the battle of uh, AFC supremacy, in my opinion, easily hands down the two best teams in the AFC at the moment. And that, of course, is the Buffalo Bills. They traveled to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills won that game 24-20. Bills are now five and one. The Kansas City Chiefs are now four and two. And it actually it played out like we all kind of hoped it would in the sense that it was it was a battle the entire time. Josh Allen throwing for 329 yards. Yards, three touchdowns. Mahomes, 338 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, big difference there is those two picks. Um, I uh, it's a good game. That's all I can say, man. It was a great game. It could have gone either way. Uh, you know, admittedly, I'm 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 more of a Chiefs guy because of my brother here, Kevin, uh, being a Chiefs fan. Um, but uh, it was good football, right? It was good football. It, it was uh, ex- except for. Um, that really bad turnover Mahomes had down in the red zone in uh, the first half. You, <clears throat> yeah, that was a, that that's was just a something. Move, that's yeah. something you can't do. Um, you not know, when he, you're playing the Bills. Yeah, no, not in a big game like that. He, those are mistakes that good teams are going to make you pay for, and those are points you can't get back on the board. You know, so against some of these subpar teams, you can usually get back and get those points back, but you can't leave points on the board against good teams like that. So th- there was that. Um. Yeah, it, it was pretty much what we thought it was going to be. Kind of whoever's going to have the ball um, towards the end and, and doesn't make the mistake is going to come out with the win, and and uh, that was Josh Allen, and 
the Chiefs defense actually played really well for most of the game, but at the end, when it really mattered, you kind of saw the difference between these teams, uh, which is why I predicted the Bills would, would come out on top. Uh, you saw that the Bills' defense, when they needed to, they could tighten up, and when the Chiefs really needed to, they, they couldn't. Allen was able to get that timely score, and I don't know, there's just something about the Chiefs' offense from time to time when they need to put the game away they just have these really quick three and outs. It wasn't even the last possession where they, they threw the interception. You know, there's two minutes left. You're kind of in desperation mode. Things like that happen. But it was their possession before they had a, a I think it was maybe six, seven minutes left. They could have really went on a drive to, to put the game away, and they had a really quick three and out, and the Bills went right down and scored. So good game. You know, they'll probably face off again. It could definitely go either way. But I think the Chiefs got to learn the lesson, especially since with their really bad loss against the Bengals last year, of you can't leave points on the board when they're there. You got to take them, even though it sucks to turn down a touchdown, a potential touchdown for a field goal. Against these type of teams, you, you got to get those points. They kind of left six points up there, and uh, that came back to bite them. But credit to the Bills. You know, they, they played a cleaner game, and uh, they did what they had to do at the end. But I fully expect this one to come down to the wire at the end of the season to see who's going to get that top seed because I kind of think whoever has home field is probably going to end up taking it. Woo, AFC showdown. Guys, I agree with both what you guys are saying. Um, fantastic game. You can't even be mad with this loss. This is just one of those losses that, you know, they were a better team at on that day or potentially they just had less turnovers. And that's exactly what we saw. Um, I don't think Chiefs should hang their head. This was a, this was definitely a showdown. Um, I got to applaud both teams because they both showed up. Uh, the, really, the only difference was between this game is Mahomes had the two picks. Um, you know, Josh Allen didn't have the picks, although he did have that fumble. So he does have a turnover. So really it comes down to the, the additional turnover that Mahomes had. He, we, we saw Mahomes um, do some unchar- uncharacteristically, you know, not Mahomes type things where he's forcing the ball into, you know, double coverage or he's a little hesitant on pulling the trigger. We you know when the guy's open, he held it a little bit longer than he should have. Um, and then by the time, you know, the coverage was already on the receiver, um, like that first pick in the end zone in the first or second quarter, anyway, first half, um, that was definitely something that was obviously was the difference in the game um, and said they, they didn't walk away with any points there. So this is a great game. I, I can tell you right now, the, di- the uh, another another difference is, you know, running back, you know, um, Devin Singletary seemingly looks like every time he got the ball, he was yeah. running about five, six yards, yeah. literally moving the pack, moving a pile down the field. You know, and in those, he was just getting chunks at a time. He seemed like, dude, if they just did that all game long, that this yeah. game would have been, you know, probably they probably would have ran away with this. Um, and unfortunately, with the Chiefs, you know, Edward Solaire, we've been saying this for a couple weeks now. Um, like the guy, but I just don't get the hype. Uh, I don't understand um, why he's the go-to. Um, I, I would be shopping. I'd be in the market right now if I was the, you know, if I was, you know, in the Chiefs management, and/or I'd be looking for maybe my younger studs out there that are actually putting in better numbers with less carries. Um, so uh, I get the whole workhorse mentality where you know give them the carries, but at the at the end of the day, this is one of the games you want to come out there and and showcase your your power, showcase what you can do, um, full maximum capacity, right? Um, but other than that, uh, you know the Bills they they seemed beatable for sure. You know, uh, other than Devin Singletary, you know they have Stephon Diggs out there who's proven to be one of the leaders of this offense. But that's the thing: if you can stop this guy. You know, and keep Josh Allen contained where he's not killing you on the feet, you can beat the Bills. So we'll see them later. It's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I was actually somewhat impressed by the Kansas City Chiefs defense minus their their uh, defense against the run um, because we were all kind of worried about that up front. Uh, we, we, we thought that uh, yeah, that was going to be their, their big uh, hollow point and the uh, Bills were going to probably run the board. But that definitely wasn't the case. It was competitive. I totally agree. If they just stuck with Singletary and stuck with the run, they would have you know, ran away with it, pardon the pun. But um, if the Chiefs can lock that up and uh, Mahomes can uh, keep away from those uh, occasional bonehead moves that he does trying to force the ball when he doesn't need to, I, I think that they can absolutely remain competitive against the Bills, and this is not a foregone conclusion 
any by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the Bills uh, definitely are beatable for sure, and uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how the AFC uh, plays out for the remainder of the season. All right, let's move uh, to the NFC East uh, and the uh, Dallas Cowboys as they headed to. Philadelphia to take on the Eagles and as you know in this show somebody's O had to go and I speak of uh, either the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles or the undefeated quarterback Cooper Rush and it was Cooper Rush whose paint peeled, whose patina became a little ugly uh, and uh, he he uh, uh, wet the bed so to speak um, much to the sigh of relief to uh, Dak Prescott I'm sure and the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Philadelphia Eagles 26-17. Cooper Rush threw for 181 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. That's a no bueno, and uh, that is all good for Dak Prescott's quarterback controversy or non-controversy at this point. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw for 155 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Again, all the love and respect to the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think that you want to talk about a benefactor of having a fairly light season when it comes to competition. I, I think uh, Philadelphia is that place. I fully intend them to go 9-0, and if not 15-2 and ultimately, and drop the first playoff game. Um, so uh, what do you guys think? Uh, is, 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 am I wrong? Is Philadelphia just straight up the, the, the powerhouse of, uh, of the NFL? Um, what's happening in Dallas? Is there still a quarterback controversy? Is is, is that uh, completely off the board? Um, um, what were your takeaways from this game? I could have sworn I saw Dak Prescott on the sideline wearing an Eagles hat during this game. I don't know. He was really rooting hard for this one. <laughs> this was the perfect flop, flopping script. Flopping his arms up and down. You know, like the Every interception, he's out there celebrating like, oh, yeah, put me in next week. <laughs> it's a perfect script for Dak. Uh, they had to run rush out there. I mean, who who wouldn't, you know, undefeated like that? But, yeah, three picks, you can't do that against a good team. I don't think the Eagles are some juggernaut. Uh, I, I think that uh, just by the little comeback that Dallas had, you know, they were able to cut it, not close, but they got back into the game where it could have been, you know, a, a possession here or there. Could have uh, got the the Cowboys right back in, like uh, even maybe taking the lead there, but um, three picks you, you can't do that. Uh, any any decent team is going to beat you uh, doing that. So the Eagles did what they're supposed to do, but Dallas showed that their defense, you know, they they are good. Oh, they yeah. will keep them in a lot of games. So if Dak is able to get in there and and lift the offense a little bit, and uh, you know not turn the ball over which is always big for any NFL team. But uh, these guys, you know, they're going to face again in Dallas. So I think with with Dak back, I'm not sure when they play. It's got to be at least several weeks from now. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good uh, test to see kind of where the Eagles are at. Because, yeah, Dallas's defense, you know, they were able to kind of keep it in. They were down 20 to nothing, and they came back. And I think they made it, it was either 20 to 23-17 at some point. So they, they, they got a bunch of points there to get back into it. So it's not like the Eagles up 20 nothing just you know blew them out and won 40 to nothing. So the, the Cowboys were able to, to come back a little bit. So I think these teams are closer than that game looked. Um, but, yeah, Prescott came out the big victor in this one. Ooh, fly, Eagles, fly. I respect it, guys. Um, this is a big win for the Eagles, at least if I was an Eagle fan. Going into a bye week, man, beating the Dallas Cowboys, even though it was you know, against a, a second-string quarterback, um, these are the games you need to win because uh, the Cowboys are going to have all the hype on them. You know, just imagine the Cowboys go in there and uh, into Philadelphia and pull out that victory, um, and then you go into a bye. That's that's going to be demolishing at least to an undefeated team. Uh, right now, they look like they're playing with a little swag to them. So, you know, g- good job out there, Eagles. You know, I don't see I, – I agree with you, Scott, 100%, 100%. You know, first round, they're probably going to drop it, but they'll probably have a pretty good season. And Jalen Hurts is seemingly getting better, and I, I can applaud that. I, I really enjoy watching players um, grow and evolve, um, and that's what we're seeing out of Jalen Hurts. So um, it's exciting to see the Dallas Cowboys be all right. Next week they go into Detroit Lions. You know they should they should get back in the you know get that fifth win uh, without any problems. Um, so I, I'm not too worried if I was a Dallas Cowboy fan, and you know they'll see each other again 
later in the season. Oh yeah, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, like you said, their defense is is definitely the positive. Uh, four sacks uh, against the Eagles, um, and the uh, Cowboys are now four and two. And of course, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles remain uh, undefeated at six and zero. Oh. So let's move on to Monday Night Football. This game went into overtime between the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson and the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, and uh, uh, by the foot. Uh, it uh, came to a conclusion, and the Chargers came out on top, 1916. Uh, Russell Wilson he threw for 188 yards and a touchdown pass, um, and uh, Chargers uh, Justin Herbert threw for 238 yards, um, no touchdown pass, and he did throw a pick. Um, I don't know. To me, the 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 the, the the paint is is fading a little on the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. They are not the uh, juggernaut of the AFC West that we thought that they might be. Uh, frankly, I'm to the point where I think they're overhyped. Um, the defense, even though they have great names, um, haven't really seemed to, to to get it together and get it done. Uh, and of course, Denver Broncos looked terrible to me. Um, this game was just all around bad. It was, you know, borderline boring i guess that there were some touchdowns so uh that made it better than that abysmal thursday night football game uh between the uh, colts and the uh, broncos um so i don't know to me there's not much to this other than the afc west as a whole is a big flop uh, i shouldn't say as a whole minus the kansas city chiefs who I, I believe is is one of the top teams in the afc um the rest count them out as far as i'm concerned yeah i uh, the to the Chargers' credit, these are types of games that they used to always lose. So they've been able to pull out a couple close games. I mean, they're sitting at 4-2. and two. Bosa is out, so I think they're hoping. And uh, Keenan Allen has been out. So I think they're hoping that if they're able to get these guys back, that's going to really elevate their defense and also elevate their offense because Herbert, he's he's definitely missing that extra element. It just seemed like he'd drop back and throw it to Eckler like pretty much every yeah. time. Eckler had 14 carries and he had 10 catches. This guy's getting 24 touches. Other than that, it didn't seem like there was much there. Uh, so I think this was a case of the Broncos, a bad offense, not able to produce much, and then the Chargers going against a good defense. The Broncos do have a good defense, which is why they're able to stay in some of these games and force overtime a couple times. Uh, Wilson had a good first half, terrible second half, uh, but Herbert dropped back to throw 57 times, only 238 yards and no touchdowns. The first time he hasn't thrown a touchdown, I think, in a, in a couple seasons. Yeah. So offensively was not a good showing. They're definitely missing that that extra element that uh, they should get back from Keenan Allen. So I think them being at four and two, they got to be happy with that. But um, yeah, if they don't solve some things once they get those guys back, they're they're they don't look like they deserve to be in the conversation in that division with like a, a Kansas City or some of those other better teams in the AFC. So they got a lot left to prove. It was an ugly game and they were able to win it. So good for that. But yeah, they've they've definitely got a lot of improvements to make. Yeah, guys, I know what everyone's thinking right now. <laughs> I know what all the listeners are thinking. I know what you guys are thinking. Justin Herbert looked fragile out there, huh? You look like a <laughs> yeah. little ceramic doll. Like, what's going on? This guy's got a loop, like a like a noodle arm out there. Looks every he's time he ducks. Hit, yeah, he's doing dude, every time ducks he got all hit, over. I was worried for this guy's safety. Like I was, oh my gosh, I think he's broke his arm right there. And then you get back up, and then you throw, and then oh my gosh, I think he broke his ribs right there. Poor and that, 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 he got that sacked dunk. four times too. <laughs> that dumb, the, the dumb coach that calls a timeout for the hail mary, you know, before the half with the one second on, and and Justin Herbert's going to throw a fifty-yard bomb um, down to the end zone. Dude, th that guy got popped at the end of that yeah. play, and it was literally for no reason. They didn't catch it, and even if he did catch it, it wasn't in the end zone. Yeah, wasn't it was like far 10 enough. Yards short, yeah. And it just looked like <laughs> Herbert was getting beat around like a little rag doll out there, and I felt bad. But yeah, Chargers definitely overhyped at this point. Uh, it's one thing to see Russell Wilson over there cheesing, clapping his hands, being Mr. Positive Leader over there on the sideline, acting like he got the game in his hands because uh, they were up. Uh, 
uh, pretty comfortably in the first half. Um, and then, you know, they, they go ahead and blow that lead and then let the Chargers back in it. But actually, the real MVP and the real hats off goes to uh, the Chargers kicker, who had a four, four field goals for the course of the game. Um, it's nice to see the Chargers at least come back and uh, had a chance to win. And, and that's what they did in the overtime. So props to all the Chargers fans. And definitely the Chargers is, is squeaking that win out. I'm sure we'll see these teams go at it again a little later in the season. And props to Hopkins kicking the winning field goal in overtime for the Chargers. Um, good job out there, buddy, and uh, good win for the Chargers and uh, Chargers fan base. And I, I admittedly am probably being a little bit of a prisoner of the moment. You make great points, Chris, in regards to the injuries that the Chargers currently have, um, and uh, that's you know that that that's detrimental to what you're trying to do, right? To have missing those key players, and of course they are four and two as far as the AFC West is concerned. So I will walk back what I said in regards to uh, the AFC West being a complete flop. I'll say that the Kansas City Chiefs are definitely legit. I think the Chargers are still uh, in the conversation as far as the playoffs are concerned. But yes, the, the Broncos and the in the in the Raiders stop. They're they're the flop. Just stop. They're not. They're done. They're they're, they're and and apparently uh, uh, Russell Wilson himself is he he, he hurt his hamstring. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of memes and stuff going around where it seems like uh, uh, the, the the other players aren't the biggest Russell Wilson fans right now at the moment. So. Who knows? It seems like uh, things are in disarray in Denver, um, and uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think that they get back on track this year. I think that they're just going to be a, a moderate, maybe a 500 team, um, but uh, definitely no no threat to make the playoffs. All right, well, let's move on to uh, Week 7 in the first game, being Thursday night football, and that, of course, is going to be between the uh, New Orleans Saints and the uh, Phoenix, or excuse me, Arizona Cardinals um, in Arizona, or Phoenix, as it were. Uh, both teams are sitting at two and four. Um, this should be interesting. Apparently, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he wants to play. Don't know that he'll be available. Don't know if he'll be healthy yet. That would, of course, be a huge bump for Kyler Murray. Uh, what are you guys thinking about this matchup? Yeah, it's kind of a tough one. I mean, my early season sleeper was the Saints, but that seems to have been flopping pretty hard. I mean, they've had some injuries, but... Uh, they're historically not a very good road team and, uh, the Cardinals are just not a good team right now. So, I mean, if they are able to get Hopkins back, I think that would give them a, a great boost and, and they might be able to pull this one out, but, uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a hard one. Hopefully this isn't another major dud again, uh, that we've been seeing on old, old prime lately, but the Bezos curse. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this this is tough. I I think I want to lean more towards the uh, the Saints on this one. I think they they just have a little bit more firepower offensively to, to get out there and score. I mean the Cardinals they just haven't been scoring much lately. Guys, this is gonna be no snoozer. Uh, snoozer sorry, um, Thursday night. I, I I don't even think you should watch the game. <laughs> you're falling asleep. Maybe, maybe. You're falling asleep already just thinking about <laughs> it. it, is, it, is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm gonna advocate this towards gonna everyone be a just snoozer. <laughs> putting me to sleep thinking about exactly. it. <laughs> Guys, we shouldn't expect anything more from Jameson Winston. He's doing exactly what Jameson Winston does great, uh, which is right before you know Tom Brady gets to uh, Tampa Bay. You know he led that team he had a very good de- team around him but he still led the league with interceptions and he's doing it again he he's got five interceptions yes yeah, five interceptions picks picks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> let me keep interrupting you kevin and and, and four touchdowns he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and i mean who are we to believe that he's going to change no he's going to come out there and throw another um, at least two, and they're in Arizona. I'm going to pick the Cardinals, but again, this is not going to be exciting, and honestly, don't really care about this one. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one, and again, I mean, yeah, I, I this is I I, 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 I don't even know what to say because it's just so boring to me even think about it. I just feel like it Thursday night. It's it's on brand for Thursday night football. Thursday night football has always been this way. It's like every game is a snooze fest. That's just how it is, you know. And and this this one seems to this seems that it will not disappoint. Um, the way that the Arizona Cardinals have been playing lately. 
they're terrible. The Saints, I don't know. I mean, they're just in and out of with with injuries. You don't know who's playing what position. Uh, it's just uh, it, so so. I guess that'll be fun to see who shows up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like literally, yeah. Uh, yeah, who wants it more? Pretty much, <laughs> exactly. Who wants it more? Um, you know, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't have high hopes for this this game whatsoever. I mean, if you want to talk about a teams, two teams that really do need to uh, start getting in the win column. Um, you know, I, I, you can definitely make a, ca- a case for these teams. I mean, the Cardinals, they're on a two-game losing streak. Uh, the Saints, you know, they're, they've, they've just lost their last one, but uh, both are sitting at two and four. That's not very fun. That's not where you want to be. Um, and uh, the, the, the rest of their respective divisions are, are, are starting to pull away. So the time is nigh. And, uh, you know, if they want to remain in the conversation, the Cardinals and the uh, Saints better make a, make a case for it. Uh, I better just, make a move on. Better make a move, baby, and you gotta gotta do it on that Thursday night prime time. Prime time <laughs> on Thursday night. Make it prime. <laughs> <laughs> Where Sherman talks about the cornerbacks and oh, uh, 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 what's his name, the beard dude. Uh, he talks about the quarterbacks. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. And and Whitworth's just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. Saying hi to all the fans. <laughs> and then the liquored up skank is you know always on uh, Alex's uh, <laughs> junk. Gonzalez. Hey, or Gonzalez. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Tony. Oh my god. So that'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun to watch yeah. for the pregame. Grab your pillow. The halftime show and uh, of course the postgame. <laughs> and then there'll be a little football in between. Um that's that's what we like. <laughs> uh thank you, Bezos, and thank you, Prime. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna do it for us. Uh thank you so much for listening to us here on Sideline the Agenda. Uh be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, or you can find us wherever you find your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at sideline agenda i'm scott that's kevin and that's chris and this is sideline the agenda we'll see you guys next time get in the game